You're listening to the One Small Bite Podcast with me, your host, David Roscoe. For over a decade, I have built a successful nutrition practice helping thousands of people thrive, nourish their life, and break the cycle of crazy diets. We will take one small bite at a time to transform your health and develop a positive relationship to food. So let's chop the diet mentality, fuel your body, and nourish your soul. Okay, are you ready? Let's do this. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the One Small Bite Podcast. Thank you for coming and listening. I'm your host, David Orozco. I'm a registered dietitian nutritionist. I'm also a certified intuitive eating counselor. What that means is that I take a weight-inclusive, some people call it a weight-neutral, a body-positive, a health-at-every-size approach to helping people build a positive relationship with food and their bodies. And that is often sometimes a little challenging for some people because people don't know what it means sometimes to have a positive relationship or a relationship at all with their bodies. But listen, hey, before I get started, let me give you our disclaimer. This episode and this podcast is for educational and informational purposes only. This is not a substitute for medical, emotional, or weight-inclusive nutrition or health consults for your specific needs. Please find a registered dietitian or health professional, hopefully one that is health at every size, intuitive eating, or weight-inclusive aligned, and is licensed wherever you are, if it's in the United States or if it's in another country, because that adds a layer of safety. The other day, I was working with a client. She is in her late 50s. And when we originally started working, she wanted to come and help work on her blood sugar. She has type 2 diabetes. Let me just digress a little bit, tell you a little bit about what type 2 diabetes is, if you're not familiar. When somebody has type 2 diabetes, it is a chronic illness. A chronic illness means that it develops over time. In fact, there is no actual known cause for type 2 diabetes. Type 2 diabetes used to be known as non-insulin dependent, but we don't call it that anymore because people that have type 2 diabetes can have insulin as one of their treatment approaches. We were working on various areas that can help her improve her blood sugars. Now, this happens on a regular basis. I get a client, they come in, I have them fill out an intake form, their food journal or log, and it includes about three days of their dietary intake. So I review this before the appointment, and we have that initial appointment. It's about an hour long, 50 to 55 minutes more or less. And in that session, we talk about different things that come up as red flags for me or areas of interest or questions that I might have that go beyond what they put on their intake form or on the food log. And in this situation, what I started finding with this specific client was that there are or were three or four different areas that really needed to be 
focused in on. One of them was the meal times during the day. The other one was how busy she was throughout the day. Another one was a big one, which I find with a lot of people, was her sleep patterns. Very difficult. They were not usually at the same time. She was staying up late. And she also had challenges with her physical activity due to some back problems and some joint problems. And so these were the four main areas. Now, this is very common with many of the clients that I work with. They come, we look at their intake form, their food journal together. I ask several questions. It helps me understand their lives a little bit more. And like with her, two or three things kind of landed in her case, four, that were really the big problems. We start with one small thing, and we work on it until it gets better and better, and it becomes almost automatic. What's interesting is that most people don't really know that they have these things going on sometimes. And that's what they're here for when they work with me. I'm usually the interpreter. It reminds me of the four stages of learning. Have you ever heard of that? I heard about this the other day, and I thought, hmm, this is interesting. Number one, people go through the first part, which is an unconscious incompetence. That means that we don't know what we don't know. Then we move into number two, which is this conscious incompetence. We know that we don't know it. Then to number three, where we have this conscious competence. We are going to work at what we don't know. And then we move into number one, or number four, excuse me. And that is unconscious competence. And this is when things just become automatic. This is what habit forms into. So one of the things that we're doing in the practice is working with clients like this one to manage one specific area so it builds and she gets better at it. And she did. What was interesting is that after several months, things would start getting better and her blood sugars improve and then something in her life would happen. We started realizing is that one of the other four areas started messing around with the changes that she would make. And this is why this weight-inclusive approach is very important because if we take that weight-centric approach, that diet culture, that diet mentality approach, which says... For the first two weeks, cut out a whole bunch of stuff. Eat only fruits and vegetables or whatever. And then phase two, start adding a little bit more food. And then phase three, now you can go back to eating all of these more new foods along with all of the foods that you had before. Well, maybe with the exception of this and avoid that. Well, gosh, we all have all learned that it doesn't work. We've tried that before. Many people have. She has. This client of mine had. She had done multiple diets in the past. And interestingly, she would lose weight. I know that weight wasn't the main issue that she was coming to see me for. She would lose weight or she would improve her health. And that would last for maybe a year, two years. And then something happened in her life and boom, she was at it again. So this is the reason why it's so important to focus on building those strong foundations that we can make that everlasting change 
without those diet mentality, that diet culture approach that says you have to starve yourself for X number of days and then move on to phase one, two, three, four, whatever. Gosh, we, we've seen that before. And of course, there's a plethora of diets out there that say, no, do it for 30 days. No, do it for, I don't know, who knows. One of the things that we started seeing was she wouldn't take time to have lunch. Now, in the previous podcast episode, I talked about breakfast, and I kind of demystified a little bit how it really isn't the most important meal of the day. In a recent study that was published in 2018 that came out in the publication Nutrients, the title of the publication was Breakfast in Human Nutrition, the International Breakfast Research Initiative. And I just want to quote something from here, folks, because I think it's pretty interesting. This comes from the very first sentence in the abstract. And I quote, Breakfast is often referred to as the most important meal of the day and in recent years has been implicated in weight control, cardiometabolic risk factors, and cognitive performance, although at present... The literature remains inconclusive as to the precise health benefits of breakfast. End quote. Okay, folks. <laughs> to this date, now, of course, it was 2018, but I'll tell you, I haven't found anything since. Breakfast is not the most important meal of the day. In this situation with this client, one of the things that she was doing is that she was often skipping lunch. Now, when I say skip lunch, I just want to clarify something. Often people think they don't eat anything at all. Yes, that means skipping lunch too. But in many cases, like this client, one of the things that was happening is she would just nibble, nosh, snack, grab something, but she wouldn't sit down to have a meal. And she was going, go, 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 100 miles an hour. And she wasn't having enough time for herself. So we focused in on lunch. I told you I was going to get back to the makeup of the meal. One of the things that was important for her to manage her blood sugar was that she did need to have a little bit of a balance of fiber, protein, as well as carbohydrates, and enjoy some fun stuff too. But the key here was to lower that stress, slow herself down, enjoy a meal, and then get back to whatever it was throughout the day. It it really was a matter of taking at least 15 to 20 minutes. Look, I know that I have very earned and unearned privileges, and it is very easy for me to say, you know what, everybody stop and have lunch for 15 to 20 minutes. I get it. Some people have two jobs. Some people are barely scraping by. People may not have access to a healthy meal for lunch. People may not even be awake at lunchtime. Therefore, it's important to understand that there's no cookie-cutter approach. There's no perfect way of eating. Lunch, like breakfast, is also not the most important meal of the day. But it was for this client. We started working on that lunchtime, focusing in on slowing down, having a meal, trying to get certain foods that were balanced. Yes, fruits, vegetables, 
But we needed to add sometimes a little bit more fiber to her diet, like beans, high-fiber grains, nuts, seeds, dried fruit like raisins, and others that will help her manage her blood sugars a little bit better. And what did we see happen? Within about a couple of weeks, she started improving her blood sugars. Now, what was interesting is we did a little comparison. We compared one meal with one day to another day. So the same meal, maybe a different day. And what was interesting is, even if she ate the exact same meal, let's say, for example, what she would usually have would be like a turkey sandwich with lettuce and tomatoes and a little bit of mayo, mustard on a whole wheat grain. And the bread was relatively high in fiber. We actually spent some time looking for some high fiber bread. And she had some fruit on the side, a small amount, like a couple of strawberries, maybe, or some blueberries, or a banana, something. And then we compared her blood sugar to another day that she had the exact same meal. And what was interesting is that her blood sugar was a little higher, about 15 milligrams per deciliter. That's the units that are used to measure measure the amount of blood. You know, when they use those glucose meters, they prick their fingers and they get a little welt of blood. So that's measured in what's called milligrams per deciliter. And we noticed that it was about 15 to 20 milligrams per deciliter higher on days that she wouldn't slow down or she was very stressed. That really fascinated her. She thought, hmm, this is really interesting. And so little by little, she started working on slowing down, adding a little more fiber to her meal. And while I just, I want to slow down here, I know at the beginning of this podcast episode, I said I'm a weight-inclusive, intuitive eating, certified intuitive eating counselor. I want you to know that doesn't mean I am anti-nutrition or anti-health, or she can eat whatever candy bar or dessert or skip meal. I'm not going to ignore these things. Look, there is an outcome to this. It improved her, it meaning she tried other foods that help. There is, by the way, no major change to her diet. She still gets to eat some of the delicious foods that she likes. She likes fries. She likes chips. She also likes to have saltier food snacks at night from time to time. Therefore, I just wanted to say, lunch is often overlooked. I got a lot of people who I've worked with that will literally barrel through lunch. Sometimes they don't, they'll say, they don't have time for lunch, or they couldn't have lunch, or they forgot to have lunch, or they snack, and they don't eat enough. Now, look, let me make sure I say something that's very important. Your body can handle this every once in a while. It's no big deal. But when we start to see this three, four, five days a week, week after week after week after week, and it's the same thing on a regular basis, your body is having a harder time trying to catch up with trying to manage the blood sugars. Again, I know I've mentioned the whole stress. I had a whole stress series a little while ago. You remember the HPA access, the increase of cortisol, the increase of blood sugar, all released by the liver and the muscle in the body when there is a perceived threat or a challenge. 
And so therefore, it's important to understand your body will do what it needs to do to take care of you. But it doesn't like doing that on a regular basis. Lunch is so overlooked. The mighty breakfast, most important meal of the day is dominating this here. I'm sorry, folks, but that's just not the case. To me, every meal is just as important. Lunch is the opportunity to refuel the body for the amount of energy that it needs so it doesn't have to take it from the body. Can it take it from the body? As I mentioned earlier, yes, it can, but it doesn't like it. Lunch is also an opportunity to connect with people. And that's so important. That is one of the things that we miss in this grind culture. You know, being super busy is the new keeping up with the Joneses. It's the new status symbol. It's the Elon Musk mentality of how you're supposed to live. It's the American dream. Pull yourself up by the bootstraps and do it yourself. Don't ask for help. We get more and more isolated this way. We start losing those deep connections, those meaningful connections that we have in our lives. Why? Because we're not taking time for ourselves. Believe it or not, what I had to do with this client wasn't get her to eat more or eat better. Really, what we started with was to slow down. It was really just at a specific time in the day, find something that interrupts the flow of things that are going on. And so she started out with this unconscious incompetence. She didn't realize that she was doing this on a regular basis. She was complaining that she was eating the wrong foods or that she was snacking late at night and she couldn't control herself. One of the reasons why she couldn't is because she didn't have a meal in the middle of the day that would satisfy her. And so therefore, the body wants to make it up somehow. If it knows it's going to get food, sometimes it increases an urge or a craving or a temptation later in the the day or at night when people usually tend to snack. So she moved from this conscious incompetence to this conscious competence. And then little by little, she started seeing that there was more of an unconscious competence. She would be doing lunch almost automatically. Sometimes we would have to block it on her calendar so her family would see that at this time, she was eating lunch. It didn't happen every day, but she went from almost no days in the week where she would stop for lunch to about four days a week. This made a huge difference in her blood sugar. Her blood sugar had dropped by 15 to 25 points over time and stayed there. She started having lunch with her husband, with her family members, with some friends. People were really connecting with her once again. She wasn't running around busy, busy, busy anymore. This was a form of me time, her time, to connect with herself and with others. Let's not discount lunch. Don't forget that there is no such thing as the most important meal of the day. The other thing, Think about the importance of those connections, those connections that we make when we have that meal. Speaking of connecting, did I tell you we have a new community? I told you that we were postponing our launch for September 6th. Actually, we're going to postpone it a little bit longer. You know what? I want to make sure I get this right for you. I want to make sure that we have the community. That's right. Let me remind you. 
This community provides you not just with people that have those lived experiences, but an opportunity to connect with those people, to network with those people. And look, you can be a member of this community at any level. You don't have to be involved in all of the things. Maybe you're an introvert. You like just observing things. I know in a community that I'm in, I want to observe a lot more. I want to read. I want to learn about people before I jump into a lot of things. Therefore, this community offers those connections, yes. We also have a platform, a hub, away from social media, not on Facebook groups, but away from social media, where everything will be private. and We can have conversations and discussions. We have discussion boards. We have Ask a Dietitian Anything sessions. We have group counseling sessions, all on a weekly basis. We'll also have resources and tips, as well as monthly workshops or webinars, and talk more in depth about specific topics, especially in this weight-inclusive, body-positive, weight-neutral, health-at-every-size approach. A lot of people still get a little caught up on. I think that this community is just phenomenal. We've got connections to other health providers. We're going to have in real life events where you can meet. We'll have hopefully some retreats. We'll have walking sessions. The best part too is that you get connected with people that have those same lived experiences. Now, remember I said that we only have a few spots available for this community at the low price, at the lower price, because the price will go up. So feel free to go to our website, orozconutrition.com forward slash community to find out more about what the community is all about. Feel free to join on the membership. You'll get two free weeks. Now, if you get an annual plan on top of those two free weeks, you get two free months. It's a super steal. This is a great added service to the one-on-one counseling because we know, like my client that I talked about today in this episode, we need that support. We need people that are experiencing the same challenges that we are so that we can move forward together. All right, folks, I hope you enjoyed this episode I really appreciate you for taking the time listening in today. If you have any questions, feel free to drop us a message. Send us a message at info at orozconutrition.com. That's info, I-N-F-O, at orozco, O-R-O, Z like zebra, C like Charlie, O, nutrition.com. Hey, also, do me a favor. I would really appreciate it if you would drop me a rate and review in Apple or Spotify I couldn't tell you how much those rate and reviews really helped me. Also, if you know of someone that would be a great guest for this episode, for this podcast, email me. I'd love to find out who you'd like to have on the show. I'd love doing interviews. All right, folks. Until next time, remember, chop the diet mentality, fuel your body, and nourish your soul. Ciao. Oh, yeah.